At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of the look at right here on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Craig Oops Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And we've got a tremendous hour number two here. We're going to be taking a look at a little bit of baseball that we're going to be getting for Monday. And we're going to be adding out to the northeast part of the country as well. We're going to be hearing from Lauren Campbell. She does a great job following all things Boston sports, whether it be the Boston Bruins, whether it be the Boston Red Sox. list goes on and on. We're going to be chatting with her in about 15 minutes. Try to gauge a little bit about what we can get out of the Carolina Panthers as they wind up being able to get the job done against the Bruins. Take a look at the struggling Red Sox as well. So we're going to be chatting with her in about 15 or so minutes. And then in 45 minutes, that is going to be right around 8.45 p.m. Pacific time, 11.45 p.m. Eastern. We head out to Pennsylvania, more specifically Philadelphia. That's where we find Ryan Rossi, and he does an amazing job with our Philadelphia City cast. And we've got one for so many different cities like New York, Denver, Chicago, obviously Philadelphia, list goes on and on. You're able to subscribe to those wherever you find your podcast and going to be discussing with them sort of what we can expect of uh, these 76ers moving forward. Talk a little bit about the Phillies who they wind up taking three out of four from the LA Dodgers as well. And we've got a little bit of time. We're going to be talking a little Eagles as well. So we've got a lot of fun that's going to be coming up and got a lot of fun that's going to be on the board for Monday with regards to Major League Baseball as well as Typically, when it comes to Mondays in Major League Baseball, you don't wind up getting a ton of games, but uncharacteristically on a travel day, we do have 13 games. So certainly I'm going to take it, and I'm sure that lots of fans out there are going to, and that means lots of opportunity for money. I wind up doing a little bit of a DK Nation write-up every single day, and one that we wind up going with is out there on the West Coast. How about if we go 925-926 on this one? Minnesota Twins going on the road. They're facing off against the Oakland A's. Zach Logue is going to be going for the A's. And you got Chris Archer who's going to be on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota opened up in a lot of spots right around about a minus 135 to a minus 140-ish favorite. Now we're finding them come down in a lot of spots. I'm seeing them as low as where I'm at circa as a minus 122 favorite, which that's going to be a buy point for me. Meanwhile, for the Oakland A's, find them anywhere between a plus 112 to a plus 120. I need to get this down to a minus 125 or less for this to really be a play for me on the Minnesota Twins. And hey, we've seen in a lot of places right around 15 to 20 or more like 18 cent line move. So that's going to be good enough for me to be able to take a look here at the Minnesota Twins. Right now, the best number I'm seeing is right where I'm sitting right now at Circa. But when it comes to this Twins team, what I think is just so key for them, on Sunday, they wound up getting back Byron Buxton. 
And Byron Buxton, if this guy can stay healthy, he's legitimately got some value when it comes to American League MVP. He's got 11 home runs in 23 games this season. To put this into perspective, the Detroit Tigers as a collective, they have played 35 games this year, and they've hit 16 home runs. He's averaging more home runs per game than the entire Detroit Tigers team. Tigers, by the way, what ahead of the pace that Barry Bonds wound up having in 2001, because if you wind up multiplying the amount of home runs per game that the Tigers are getting, they're on pace for 74. Barry Bonds in 2001 at 73. What Barry Bonds was on, we have absolutely no idea, but I still find that to be absolutely hilarious. And well, for the Detroit Tigers, it has been a little bit of a rough year when it regards to being able to go deep, but with this Twins team, that does wind up elevating them. Now, you do want to be noting with the Minnesota Twins that they have been a little bit banged up. Carlos Correa is currently on the 10-day injured list. Trevor Larnish, a little bit of an underrated bat. He has been in and out of the fold for this team as well, but Max Kepler has been out there. I know a lot of people are going to make a big deal out of Miguel Sano still being out of the fold, but Miguel Sano wound up hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200. I recognize that he was able to go deep quite a bit last season, but I don't think that he's necessarily too much of a downgrade. And then when it comes to the Oakland A's, it has been rough for this offense, to say the least. They have scored three runs or fewer, and now 16 of their last 22 games. But they are facing off against a guy in Chris Archer, who has yet to be able to go five full innings this season. He has given up six home runs over the course of 22 and a third innings. And on top of that, you take a look at the last five starts for Chris Archer. He has allowed 12 walks in 18 and a third innings. That's 5.9 walks per nine innings, so he might not be long for this game, and I do think that you're going to see a little bit of regression with both of these bullpens. Both of them have just been performing way above their heads. You take a look at the Oakland A's, and going into game two of their doubleheader that we wound up seeing against the Angels yesterday, they were a top five bullpen in As of right now, they're still number four with this regard. Minnesota Twins, they're currently sitting at number six, both of these teams, between a 3-1 and a 3-2 with regards to their bullpen in I just can't think that this is going to be lasting. You take a look at some of the guys that the Minnesota Twins have been able to throw out there. I mean, Joe Smith has yet to give up a run this season. I think that that's a little bit more of a product of a small sample size. Now, for some of the guys on the Oakland A's, I do like them, like Danny Jimenez. Lou Trevino has just been getting roughed up in general. I think that he's going to see a little bit of positive regression, but Domingo Acevedo is currently leading the league with regards to flow and saves as well. So I do think that you're looking at a little bit of fool's gold with regards to both of those bullpen ERAs. And then you take a look at Logue, who's going to be going on the bump for the Oakland A's. He has made two starts and a relief appearance to this point. And I mean, so far, so good. He's boasted up a buck 35 ERA, won 13 plus innings. He has given up just two runs. Both of those runs wound up coming in his start against the Minnesota Twins. He wound up going five innings first time around, wound up giving up two runs. And both of those runs or solo home runs. He's been a little bit fortunate that he hasn't given up more runs than he has. So he is, in my opinion, due in for a little bit of regression. He is someone that, if you take a look at his numbers that he wound up posting up while he was playing for the Las Vegas Aviators, the AAA affiliate of the Oakland A's, and I actually wound up getting to see him a time or two. Not necessarily impressive, to say the least. The walks per nine rate was right around a four and a half. His home runs per nine rate was a 2.2. He wound up giving up 12 earned runs. I believe it was 14 total runs in 16 innings while he was playing for the Aviators. So that's something that is a little bit concerning, a little bit of a product of being able to be a tad bit fortunate with regards to the teams. They wound up playing the first few times around as other appearances came against the Baltimore Orioles and the Detroit Tigers pair of teams that have not been able to get online with regards to their offense. And you take a look at the fielding independent as compared to the ERA thus far this season for Mr. Logan. It certainly is just not matching up as well. He's currently got a buck 35 ERA fielding independent, much, much higher than that. So 
that is something that is a little bit concerning. So I do think that you're going to be able to see a few runs wind up getting scored in this game. And for the Oakland A's, just been a little bit of bad luck in general for this team. You take a look at what they wound up doing on Sunday. Oh, of 11 with runners in scoring position. Now, there are just some teams that in general, they don't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to get on base in the Oakland A's. Barely hitting above the Mendoza line of 200, but I do think that they're going to be able to get to Chris Archer, a guy that is giving out a lot of free passes. That's going to be able to help out the offense a little bit. And take a look at this total of seven and a half. Always be wary when it comes to Oakland of the Marine layer being out in nighttime games. And that's exactly what this is going to be. 6.40 p.m. Pacific local time start. So that is something that is factored in with this. But DK and pick that I'm going with is the over of seven and a half. I want to setting my total more around to 7.9. So I mean, this is a case in which the juice on the under started out being like minus 120 to a minus 125. So we've seen a little bit of shift up, but still do like the over. And with the Twins, want to lay up to about a minus 125, minus 126 with them. So seeing this number come down, I'm going to be in on them as well. And when it comes to the American League, I do think that you've got another very fascinating matchup that is going to be going down on Monday with regards to the Astros and the Boston Red Sox. Not often that you see a Houston Astros team has won 12 out of 13 games being an underdog, but that's what we've got here, 919-920, as Garrett Woodlock is going to be going for the Red Sox, and Jake Odorizzi is going to be on the bump for Houston. We're going to be talking about... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare about this a little bit more with lauren on the other side but i tell you right now with a team that's won 12 out of their last 13 games in the houston astros I find it a little bit befuddling that in a lot of places, they're finding themselves right around a plus 105 to a plus 106 because take a look at this Astros team. They're now firing all cylinders. This is a bunch that they've been able to score at least five runs in each out of their last six games. You wind up seeing Yuli Gurriel, who wound up having an absolutely brutal start to the season, be able to pick it up. And for the Astros, something that I think a lot of people would be surprised with, how good the bullpen has been this season. They are number two in terms of bullpen ERA. Yankees are number one with a 250 bullpen ERA. The Astros, they are number two with a 269 ERA. And it cannot be understated with regards to the Boston Red Sox. Though Garrett Woodlock is doing a tremendous job in the rotation. And absolutely, he has become one of the best starters to this point. Because he was a long reliever and because he was such a trustworthy guy for that Boston Red Sox bullpen. Because he's doing so much with regards to rotation, it takes away a little bit from the bullpen. And as a result, we've seen a Red Sox bullpen that it was far from terrific last season, but it was relatively solid. Wind up just going straight down the toilet bowl this year. They are currently 24th in the league with regards to bullpen ERA. They have allowed 19 home runs as a collective out of the bullpen. 
Right now, the only two teams that have given up more, ironically enough, the Tampa Bay Rays. And if you're looking at bullpen ERAs, the Tampa Bay Rays have just not necessarily been too terrific and the Texas Rangers. So we'll dive into that a little bit more with Lauren in a few minutes. But certainly, I don't understand why the Boston Red Sox are currently a favorite in this game, even with Jake Odorizzi being Jake Odorizzi. So that is something that I'm going to be taking a look at. And I mentioned it with the Tampa Bay Rays. The fact that their bullpen has not necessarily been as terrific this season, and they're going to be taking uh, the Detroit Tigers. This is 9-13-9-14 on the betting board with Corey Kluber going for the Rays. And right now you're finding them anywhere between minus 190 and minus $2 with a total of 7.5. And Alex Fajardo is going to be getting the start for the Detroit Tigers. And I think it's going to be a case of which maybe you're starting to get up a little bit too far with the Tampa Bay Rays. I was willing to take them up to a minus 180 with regards to the money line. Typically, this is a spot where I wind up looking more at a run line. It's a case in which you want to be able to reduce the juice if at all possible. And with the race being more around a plus 110, that's much more palatable than being able to take a minus 190 to a minus $2 money line, though. We have seen a lot of favorites not be able to cover the run line because scoring is way down in general. But I do think that Corey Kluber going to be able to give a little bit more of a spirited effort than he wound up doing in his last time out, giving up eight runs to the LA Angels. But I do wind up saying the total at a 7.8 because I mentioned that set with the Detroit Tigers. Currently, they're on pace for 74 home runs this year. Barry Lamar Bonds wound up hitting 73 in a season a few seasons ago in 2001. So, I mean, that's a case in which it's not necessarily going too terrific there. So, I do think that this is a case in which you are finding yourself with the Tampa Bay Rays probably needing to do a little bit more on offense, but they have been able to do so recently. They had a good series against the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think that they're going to be able to keep it going, and we're going to keep it going and taking a look at things on the northeast part of the country. We're going to be welcoming on Lauren Campbell from the city of Boston, and that is going to be coming up next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is a look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And now we head out to the great city of Boston. That is where we find Lauren Campbell. She does a great job covering all things Boston sports when it comes to Nesson. She also does the Locked On Red Sox podcast. She does the Nesson Bruins podcast as well. You're able to find her on Twitter. And we're going to try to do this correctly, and I'm going to try to do it in the right voice. La la la, Lauren with three R's on Lauren. So hopefully I did a good job with that one as we've got Lauren Campbell on the show. And it's great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's four R's, but you still crushed it. So All good right. job. <laughs> four R's, not three. So we got that one right there. And Lauren, before we wind up getting into a little bit more Boston sports talk, want to just get your thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes, what they were able to do in their series against the Boston Bruins. And just what we can expect out of them moving forward because I was just watching that series pretty casually and it was just such an exciting series. We wound up seeing that come down to seven games and I take a look at this Hurricanes team and it certainly is one that I think is going to be a force to be able to win the cup. Yeah, they they are a very tough, fast, and physical team. The biggest thing for me out of this Bruins-Hurricanes uh, series was the fact that neither team could get anything going on the road. The Bruins were very good at home. The Hurricanes were very good at home and they looked like completely different teams away from their home arenas. So that's going to be a big thing for the Hurricanes going into their next series against the Rangers. The Rangers are a very, very good team. They just beat the Penguins in seven. It's going to be tough for the Rangers 
because the, like I said, the the hurricanes are very fast. They're very physical and it's, it's going to be tough. But the biggest thing for both the hurricanes and the Rangers is going to be getting a, a big win on the road. Yeah. Ben, when it comes to that series between the Rangers and the hurricanes, I mean, Rangers wound up playing a drag them out series that wound up going to overtime in game seven. So no shortage of excitement there. And well, we could have probably used a little bit more excitement when it came to game seven of the Bucks versus Celtics. I'm sure you were relatively happy about the Celtics being able to get the job done and being able to win so convincingly. But now we turn it forward to the series between the Heat and the Celtics. Celtics finding themselves a little bit of an underdog in game one because they are on the road. But I take a look at this and I was going to like whoever wanted coming out with regards to Bucks versus Celtics in this series against the Heat. And how do you wind up seeing this one playing out? Because I just think that the Celtics are going to be able to do a relatively solid job down low. I just take a look at the way that the Celtics were able to play defense on the Bucks all series long, especially in game seven. And I think that it's going to be tough for a Heat team that has been a little bit banged up in the backcourt. Yeah, absolutely. I think the momentum right now is all in the Celtics' favor. I think they're going to carry that momentum into Tuesday. And much like I just said about the the Hurricanes here, it's going to be big for the Celtics to get wins on the road. You want to be able to come home with a lead or even a tied series would do so much for this for the Celtics team. But they're going to to need everyone on deck, even though the Heat, like you said, are a little banged up right now. The Celtics are going to need Grant Williams to continue to do what he's done. They're going to need Al Horford to continue to be a solid leader, solid defender in this series. Plus, you have the Jays there. So it's obviously going to be very good. But I think if the Celtics can get at least one of these games won on the road, then it's going to certainly go in their favor. But I definitely see the series going to distance. You mentioned it with Grant Williams. 27 points is what he wanted putting up in Game 7. He was absolutely tremendous for this team. But what can we really, really realistically expect from him in the series? Because I mean, let's call it what it is. In the previous four games in the series, he had scored a combined 20 points. Him being able to come out and him being able to have the 27 that he wound up having in Game 7 is absolutely terrific. But what should realistic expectations be for him in this series matching up with the bigs of the Heat? Yeah, I don't think we should expect 27 points from Grant Williams every (laughs) single game. But if he can put up a solid, I'd say, 15, 16, 17 points in that general area, the Celtics are going to be okay. He's here not to be a 20-plus point scorer every game. But you get that depth off the bench. He provides that spark. For a minute there, the Celtics on for Game 7 couldn't stop hitting threes. So that will be crucial going into this series, too. But you need Grant Williams. You need Peyton Pritchard. You need those bench guys to give you all they have. They need to have a Game 7 performance in every single game if they want to keep the Celtics want to move on to the finals. And to your point, the Celtics, 22 of 55 from three-point range in that Game 7 it almost just felt like a misprint when I wanted reading that off. That's just absolutely insane what we've been seeing there. And it almost feels like it's a misprint when I wind up saying that the Boston Red Sox, well, they're currently sitting here at 13 and 21. But what I will say for the Red Sox is that the bright spot of this team is going to be going on Monday in Garrett Whitlock. And obviously this is not where the Red Sox want to be. But how much of this do you chalk up to the fact that it just has been a very brutal stretch to begin the season? Because now they have to go up against... The Houston Astros, they wound up having to play quite a few games to begin the season against the Blue Jays, against the Yankees. They wound up getting matched up against the LA Angels. Heck, I think that they wound up having to play the White Sox in between there as well. So I take a look at the Red Sox, and no doubt it's been a little bit disappointing, but I think that 
even though they might not be a postseason team when it's all said and done, that there should be a little bit of progression because I just take a look at the schedule and nobody will want to have this first 30 plus games that the Red Sox did wind up having. Yeah, it's they're going to turn it around. And at this point, it's going to be, are they going to turn it around at too late of a point in the season to even try to contend with for with the expanded playoffs? And they kind of have that in their favor. And you want everything to go well for the Red Sox right now, especially if you're a Boston fan with the Bruins just getting eliminated. But the, the, the offense they've shown against the Rangers, yes, it's the Rangers. They're kind of in the same realm as the Red Sox right now. But the offense turned it on. The pitching has been, the starting pitching has been fine. You have Garrett Whitlock going. There's, even though they lost Sunday, they still won the series. First series they've won since April 13th. And they have, they still have the momentum going in their favor. This was a bullpen game Sunday, not putting too much stock into it. But when you look overall, it's been incredibly disappointing to start the season because the run they had last year, many people were still kind of building off of that, myself included. I thought they'd be much better than they were, especially with this offensive lineup they have. They sh- they're much better than what they've shown in the last 33, 34 games here. So, like I said, they do turn it around, and it's going to be tough. They have the Astros this week. It's it's not going to get any easier for them, especially that they're playing catch-up, and they're playing catch-up in early May. That's never a good sign. There's still plenty of baseball. It's a 162-game season. This is why we play 162 games. They will turn it around. It's just going to be a matter of when, and will it be this week, or will it be next month? Because it's getting to the point now in the season where – we're going to know who this Red Sox team is. Are they this bad offensively? Will it click? Their pitching besides their bullpen has been fine. It's there's, there's room to turn it around. It's just a matter of how are they going to finish this season? Is it going to be too late by the time they turn it around? Yep. And to your point towards late May slash early June, they wind up getting a, I believe five game set against the Baltimore Orioles. You got to be able to feast there. And then you wind up getting the Cincinnati Reds who, they wound up getting three wins in the first 29 games or 29 days of the season. And then they wind up getting the Oakland A's after that. So that should be able to get them to a little bit more of a good watermark going into the mid part of June. So that is something that they're able to look forward to. And when it comes to the gentleman that is going to be starting on Monday and Garrett Woodlock, I think it's been really intriguing to take a look at him because you tell that he's getting stretched out right now. He's been mostly going right around four. I think that he's reached five innings at one point this season, but this is a guy that he was used to going right around three, even at times four innings of the bullpen. And I think him joining the starting rotation has really been a good shot in the arm for this team. I think so too. I still, I am very pro Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen because he's one of the only people, if not the only person you can trust out of the bullpen, get those high leverage outs, put him in kind of scary situations for the Red Sox and be able to trust to get the Red Sox out of that inning but you look at it, if he can go five innings, he's doing your bullpen a favor in that regard. So he has been a very bright spot for this team, whether he's starting or whether he's out of the bullpen. Hopefully that continues. He's got a lot of confidence to go uh, to build on and nothing really seems to phase him. So I think even if he gets shelled in his next start, he's going to bounce back like nothing ever happened. And he's developed as a starter. So he knows the routines. He knows all of that. And he's provided a, a nice boost to this team when they've really needed it. And to your point right now, Garrett Woodlock, his one save is tied for the team lead right now, which that is <laughs> so not a good sign at all. 
the team yeah. as a collective currently has six saves. So it has been interesting to take a look at that. And just the entirety of the American League East, I think, is interesting as well because you've had so many good bullpens out there. The Rays have been lacking a little bit. The New York Yankees, meanwhile, they've actually been the number one bullpen with regards to ERA. And even the Baltimore Orioles have been able to do so as well. Final 45 seconds here. Just what do you think is going to be the key moving forward for the Red Sox being able to get online? Because I think that that bullpen is really what they need to get going. Yeah, it's 100% this bullpen. You you look at the losses, some, some of the losses the Red Sox have had this season, and all they had to do was have this bullpen hold on, and they couldn't do it. Yes, this offense has been struggling, but you look one when they're losing 3-2, 3-1, it's because of the bullpen. And that needs that's going to be an X factor going into the rest of the season, especially after the All-Star break and that trade deadline. Yep, it certainly is going to be an X factor on this show. Lauren Campbell, Lauren, was absolutely great having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Lauren does a great job covering all things Boston sports over there at Nesson and was great to have her on tonight. So big thanks to her. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a little bit more of a look at where we're going to be getting in Major League Baseball on Monday. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers and cold hard cash. Join in the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. You're able to compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot to be able to win $100,000 in total cash prizes. By doing this, you go to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run to victory. Heineken, beer made better, 21 years or over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink responsibly as it is a look at with myself, Greg Oops Pearson, and off air of myself and my wonderful producer, Jason Kahn, who always does a great job of being able to lock it down. We were having the discussion, and it is confirmed always when it comes to drinking beer on draft. No matter what the beer is, it's always better on draft rather than if you can get it in a can or a bottle. We are in full agreement there. So you got that, and Jason doing a great job booking all these guests. He always does absolutely amazing work night in and night out when it comes to the show. Whenever I wind up keeping the seat warm for Scott, he always has everything all prepared. So a big thanks to him. You've got Andrew on doing the technical directing duties tonight. Oliver, he posts up all the segments that we wind up doing for this show. Every single hour that we wind up doing for every single show, you're able to find that on the VEASAN Best Bets podcast feed. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcast. And Oliver does a great job there. Jeff got me all set up on audio. He always does an amazing job for us as well. And we've got John Brown, who just is Mr. Do-It-All wizard when it comes to VEASAN of being able to do all the technical stuff, a lot of the graphics, being able to keep all the numbers straight. He's got us covered there. And he has been with us really since the beginning on VEASAN. So all these guys are the best in the business. So I always have the A-team with me, and it's always great to be able to work with these guys. So a big thanks to them. And without them, you wouldn't be seeing the nice graphics that we end up getting on air, and you would not be hearing me either. So always appreciate all the work that they wind up putting in. And now it's time for me to hold up my end of the bargain as we've got quite a bit of baseball that's going to be on the card for Monday. Wound up going through a few games a little bit earlier on in the hour. And if you want to missing the game that I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation, 
Well, I have no fear because I'm going to be going back through it in the final segment of the show. So we've got you guys covered there, but we wound up going with a couple of American League games. We were talking with Lauren Campbell a little bit about Astros versus Red Sox as well. But how about if we wind up hitting a little bit more of the National League side of things? And this is a pitching matchup that was a little bit of a mystery earlier in the AM. So you might have, if you wound up trying to fire in on these games right around like 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, might not have been able to do so. And now you're able to. So how about if we wind up hitting it with 903-904? St. Louis Cardinals going on the road, facing off against the New York Mets. As you've got Trevor Williams, who's going to be going for the Mets, and Miles Michaelis on the bump for the Cardinals. But the Cardinals find themselves a little bit of an underdog here. Anywhere between even money and plus 108. Meanwhile, with the Mets, it's anywhere between minus 114 and minus 120. Totals anywhere between 8 and 8.5. DraftKings, I'm seeing an 8.5 with heavy juice on the under. A lot of other places, I'm seeing 8s with heavy juice on the over. So we're seeing a little bit of a divide in the market with that regard. But was a little bit surprised that the Mets wound up opening up a north of minus 110 favorite. And I typically love fading teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball. Especially a team in the San Francisco Giants that their nickname for Sunday Night Baseball should have been Hickory because they got smoked. I mean, they wound up giving up 15 runs. It was almost as bad as what we wound up seeing in some of those NBA postseason games because, I mean, they just did not wind up having a chance whatsoever. Carlos Rodon was unable to give the team anything whatsoever. And the only reason why they wound up getting the six runs that they did is, and I'm not even kidding here, Albert Pools pitched the ninth inning for the St. Louis Cardinals and I think wound up giving up three or four runs. So that wound up giving them a little bit of window dressing, but certainly not necessarily a great effort there. But, Trevor Williams is not someone that I necessarily want to be putting a whole like a lot of money on. Trevor Williams wound up having an incredible run in 2018 where after the All-Star break, he had a top three ERA among qualifying starting pitchers. So, I mean, in 2018, this guy was solid, but he made one start this year against the Arizona Diamondbacks, wound up going two innings, and it was cataclysmically bad. So, not necessarily a guy that you want to be having too much faith in. North of four ERA thus far this season, it's been... A little bit of a rough go of it there. And you do take a look at this Giants bullpen. And it certainly has been faltering this season. And they wound up getting used up a little bit more than you'd like them to on Sunday Night Baseball. Because Carlos Rodon, who you figured was going to be able to lend some good innings. Well, he was unable to do so. So that means that you wound up having to get, use guys like Junior Marte and company. It wound up getting so bad that Luis Gonzalez, that's a position player, wound up having to get the final four out. So... That's not something that you do want to see. But with the Giants, the bats have been able to pick it up a little bit more. Luis, Luis Gonzalez, who I was talking about a little bit earlier, he's been able to hit right around a 300 for this bunch. You take a look at the San Francisco Giants, and really, other than the first two games, or the first, or I should say the second game of their series against the St. Louis Cardinals, this has been a team that's been able to put up runs. They have put up four-plus runs and now six out of their last seven games. So they have been rock solid with that regard. And you've got a Mets team that, they wound up giving up quite a few runs in their series against the Seattle Mariners. They did wind up losing a couple bullpen pieces in the offseason. Aaron Loop is no longer in the fold. Jurisdiction Familia, which if you're seeing the way that he's right now pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies, he might not be missing out on much, but Jurisdiction Familia no longer in the fold for the Mets as well. And they did wind up having to use up quite a few of their pieces over the weekend as well. Now, if it weren't for the fact that it was Sunday Night Baseball, I would probably be setting the St. Louis Cardinals on my personal line right around a minus 110 to a minus 115. It said I needed pretty much any sort of a plus price to be able to take a shot here on the Cardinals and with the Cardinals, seeing them in a lot of spots, even as high as a plus 108. So that is really calling my name right now. But 
this, this is just a spot in which I want absolutely no part of Trevor Williams whatsoever, especially with a Cardinals team that they are starting to match themselves. You've got Nolan Arenado, who has cooled down ever since his good beginning part of the season, but he's still hitting above a 300. He has been able to do a nice job of being able to go deep now eight times this season. Paul Goldschmidt, he's been able to hit a 300 for the team, and this is a gentleman that's a little bit off the beaten path, but Juan Yepes. He has been hitting a 365 for this team. Good up-and-coming prospect. They called him up to the big leagues. He's been able to do a rock-solid job. And hey, Albert Pools gave a couple, up a couple runs on the mound, but at the same time, he was able to bolster his batting average. He's now hitting right around at 240 along with Yadier Molina. So the St. Louis Cardinals bats are starting to come along for the ride for the New York Mets. Certainly has been a case in which it's been a little bit better for the offense, but very pitcher-friendly ballpark. I did wind up saying this total more around 7.3, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this game personally with the way that Miles Michaelis has been able to pitch him. Michaelis, he has a sub-2 ERA, a little bit more of a pitch-to-contact guy, only getting right around 7-ish strikeouts per 9 innings, but it's a guy that is not going to put you on cheaply right around 2 walks per 9 innings is what he's been registering really since the end of the 2019 series because he's been banged up the last few seasons, but certainly doing a nice job holding down the fort. I think that he's going to come out give the St. Louis Cardinals a good chance to be able to get to victory. So looking at a plus price here with the Cardinals, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. And then how about if we wind up hitting on another team that's out there in the National League Central? That would be the Milwaukee Brewers. This is 907, 908. They're going to be playing us to the Atlanta Braves who are going to be trotting out there. Ian Anderson with the Brewers. You're finding them between minus 125 and minus 135. And with the Braves right around plus 115 is zero price on them. Anywhere between 7.5 and 8 is going to be your total. 7.5 has high juice to the over. 8 has high juice to the under. And with Freddie Peralta, really like what I've seen out of him the last few starts. Case of which he's given up five walks over his last four starts after. He wound up having a little bit of a rough start to the season. Freddie Peralta came out a house of fire during the 2021 season. Then wound up suffering an injury and was not the same last season after he came back. You tell in his first couple starts, he didn't necessarily look like his old self. Now he's been able to swing and miss stuff has been down just a little bit from this season, but now he's been able to have a little bit more command and that's going to be beneficial, especially with him going up against a guy in Ian Anderson that really for his career has given up right around three and a half walks per nine innings. Ian Anderson has been a little bit of an up and down pitcher and with the Atlanta Braves, they had to expend their full bullpen. My DK Nation pick for Sunday was the under in the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres and no thanks to the Braves and Padres defense coupled with this game going to 11 innings for that wind up going down because starting pitching wound up doing their part. But that said, you do take a look at this Atlanta Braves lineup and it's been a little bit streaky this season. The batting average is out there with them, but the power has been. You've been able to have Marcel Ozuna be able to give you a couple deep flies this season. You need a little bit more out of Ozzy Albies. He wound up having six home runs early on in the season. He has tapered off a little bit ever since then. And Ronald Acuna Jr., he's been a little bit banged up. So that has been a little bit of an issue for this team. At a 7.5, I'd be taking a look at an over in the spot personally. That's what we're finding at DraftKings, especially if you wind up getting more like minus 110 to minus 115 juice. I think that that's a little bit critical. I would rather be able to take a under of like, Minus, uh, an under at minus 110 juice rather than like an over of 7.5 at like minus 120, minus 125. I think that that's always something that got to be taken a look at because it's just a case in which you don't want to be pricing yourself out with regards to these totals laying a minus 120 plus that just winds up typically adding up in the long term and it typically does not wind up adding up in a good way. But with Freddie Peralta, I do think that he's back in full then. What is very big for this Brewers team as well. 
Devin Williams, Josh Hader, both going to be available in this game. Josh Hader, the most lockdown closer in the big leagues, even though the Brewers are a team that they're actually in the bottom half of the big leagues. When it comes to bullpen ERA, you're able to rely upon these two guys. So wind up saying the Brewers a little bit closer to a minus 140 favorite with knowing that Williams and Hader are going to be available if the Brewers wind up getting a lead. So going to be taking a look at the Brewers at a 7.5, looking a little bit more to the over at an 8, looking a little bit more to the under. And up next, we're looking to the city of Philadelphia. Going to be joined by Ryan Rothstein of the Philadelphia CityCast right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here for just $59. You get everything that VSIN has to offer now through the end of July and for the next few months. We are going to have you covered with the best sports betting content in the business. Subscribers are going to have access to everything like Adam Burke's daily best bet emails with regards to the MLB, John Von Tobel does a great job locking it down with the NBA. He's got you through the finals. Andy McNeil is breaking down all the action on the ice for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, we're going to have preseason coverage with regards to the NFL. And plus, we've got all the, I guess you call them ancillary sports covered as well. USFL, UFC, golf, NASCAR, list goes on and on. If you want the full VSIN experience, which includes daily's best bet emails, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, all of our tools, video streaming, cost is just $59 to be a, a subscriber. Now through July 31st, as at vsin.com slash spring, as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined by our guest, Ryan Rothstein does a terrific job hosting our Philadelphia CityCast that we wind up doing here at the, at the network. We've got so many different cities that wind up having one, and he holds it down with regards to the great city of Philadelphia. Follow him on Twitter at WiseRye and Ryan you have graced us so many times on this platform. So now I'm going to give you the floor. What is all wrong with the Philadelphia sub? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 26ers and do not feel like you need to hold back because I know that you've got some thoughts. All right, well, you made a mistake here. You never give me the floor. All right. That's that's lesson number one. That's mistake number one. Uh, part two, we don't have enough time. All right, <laughs> Greg, we don't have enough time for me to properly voice and vent my frustrations with the Sixers team. It's just and and now the conversations here in Philadelphia are going back to Sam Hinkie. They're going back to the process. Jimmy Butler walking off the Wells Fargo Center floor uh, after eliminating the 76ers screaming to buy us over me. Tobias over me, uh, that certainly hasn't helped. 
uh, the, the, the anger and frustration here in Philadelphia. But listen, the attention lately here has focused a little bit more on Joel Embiid. This is a guy that was a warrior in this Miami Heat series. They fell short, but he came back. He won them games three and four just by his presence. But he has a, a, a track record of injuries and coming up small, whether there's a legitimate reason or factors behind those performances or not. He's never sniffed the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's 28 years old, going on 29. So the attention now in Philadelphia, there's been hall passes in the past for Joel Embiid. Uh, I think I think his hall passes are running out, Greg. Yeah, it's been really, really rough to say the least. And I mean, we saw the Miami Heat in that series, and I mean, I wound up saying it. Whoever wound up coming out of Bucks versus Celtics, I like them against the Miami Heat. It just felt like there was no juice at all with regards to that series. I love Jimmy Butler. He's absolutely tremendous. And Bam Adebayo is able to do a good job of being able to hold it down, down low. But I take a look at the way that the Celtics wound up being able to hold down the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 7, the way that the Bucks shot 4 of 33 from three-point range. You still have question marks. With regards to Kyle Lowry, when is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? Because he missed the entirety of that series, which I think that makes it all the worse for the Philadelphia 76ers. But I do take a look at it, and I do think that the Celtics have the leg up with regards to the series, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make a statement game one. Let's add to the Sixers' frustration, although we're shifting away from it. Jason Tatum is oh. obviously the young superstar leading this Celtics team. The 76ers front office went out of their way to avoid drafting Jason Tatum. They end up drafting Markel Fultz. And oh yeah, Mikael Bridges, who's balling out for Phoenix, they get eliminated. But nonetheless, uh, he's a young star who the 76ers traded away on draft day after they drafted him. So hometown guy too. Talking. What's that? Hometown guy, too. They traded hometown away the guy. hometown guy that played Greg, at Villanova. Greg, he's a hometown guy. His mother is an employee for the 76ers franchise. She works in, like, HR. So she's an employee. That conversation had to have been awkward. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> yeah. yep, there's so, that going on. I know. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I always find my way back to screaming about the Sixers. But uh, listen, as far as as far as the Celtics, they are they are deep. They are dangerous. Tatum's obviously been absolutely outstanding when you have guys like Grant Williams, uh, who the average fan probably has to Google search uh, to figure out who he is stepping up and making seven threes in a closeout game seven. That certainly doesn't hurt your chances. Jalen Brown, Al Horford's a Hall of Famer now. Whenever he wears a Boston Celtics jersey, he couldn't walk up the floor in a Sixers uniform. There I go again. Uh, so the Celtics, they're well coached, they're deep, uh, and they have the the perimeter strength on both sides of the ball. I will say this: the Miami Heat may be the most overlooked and underappreciated number one seed on either conference uh, in recent NBA history. Maybe NBA history. They don't wow you. All right, they're not going to give you like 140, like prime time Golden State Warriors, Splash Brothers esque, uh, but they can go 10 to 12 deep. And they have one of, if not the best NBA coaches in the NBA. That matters this time of year. Uh, so let's not just completely gloss over uh, the Miami Heat and act like the Eastern Conference Finals has already been played. Uh, and that's my bias to the side. I know they just beat my team, uh, quote, my team in the 76ers. But I think the Heat can give the Celtics a series, Greg. Yeah, but I think that it's going to be very competitive. And I think it's going to be interesting to take a look at what we wind up getting 
out of the home teams in the series as well because we wound up seeing it in Celtics versus Bucks. Home court advantage didn't mean a lot. The road team wound up winning in four times and really in that Heat versus 76er series, you could tell that home court advantage, it did wind up meaning quite a bit more. So I think that that's going to be interesting to take a look at. And what else I know you are taking such a big look at as well now that the 76ers are done for the series or for the season is the Philadelphia Phillies. And we saw them go on the road to LA. They wound up winning three out of four games, which that is not easy to do whatsoever. And if you just blind bet the Phillies in all four games of that series, you made yourself some good coin, even with them blowing the lead that we wound up seeing on Sunday. But that's part of it. They wound up blowing the lead on Sunday and Jersich Familia is not good in the bullpen. The Philadelphia Phillies entire bullpen. I wound up posting up a gif of a trash can going down a stream on flames. I think that that is a very accurate depiction of it. Everything else for the Phillies is looking pretty good, but this bullpen has to really concern you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think you're being generous with that with that trash can going down the river. I could think of some other images that can maybe properly describe the Phillies bullpen, Greg, but uh, I digress. Yeah, the, the bullpen's a concern, and the, the scary part, they have taken massive strides if you compare what they did uh, in the previous two seasons. So that's a that's a scary thought, and we try to avoid that. But, you know, Phillies fans say, well, it's gotten better, <laughs> and, and it's still a concern, and it's still an issue. But uh, let's look at the positives here, because the question now becomes, and it's a question that's being asked here locally, well, can this offensive uh, firepower, when it's going, can it help us get over the shortcomings of this Phillies team. You look at Bryce Harper uh, and what he did in his three games against the Dodgers. He had to miss Sunday's uh, fourth and final game of the series where the Phillies epically failed. Uh, but Harper has seven extra base hits Thursday to Sunday, the most by a visiting player ever at Dodger Stadium. Uh, you look at what he's done really uh, in in all of his games as DH, he has been absolutely on fire. He has nine home runs on the season. Uh, he is batting 472, 17 for 36 in his last nine games, five homers, seven doubles, 12 ribbies, 11 runs. Uh, he's just, he, he's the best player in baseball right now. Uh, 14 to one at Bet Rivers and PA, Harper to get the NL MVP again. Hoskins has let off in three of the last four games. He's been on fire, batting 375, homered in three straight games. Gene Segura has a 12-game hitting streak. Schwarber is going yard uh, in the top two or three in the NL and homers. So they have firepower and they have potential to give you a ton of headaches that they just got done giving the Dodgers winning three or four in L.A. So can they overcome their bullpen issues? It's going to be interesting, but the offense is one of the deadliest in all of baseball. And Ryan, we've got about a minute here at DraftKings currently seeing the Phillies at 6-1 to be able to win the National League East. Any value there with them right now? Yeah, I saw it all the way at 9-1 to at Bet Rivers. 6-1 to is a good number as well at DraftKings. Uh, I do like that, right? Because now you hope it's very early. We're going to hear that a lot in the month of May uh, for baseball. There's still an entire summer to go. Uh, but you could look at this road trip, getting three or four against the Dodgers after going one and four on a homestand. Maybe this could catapult this offense to be consistent and dangerous. If so, 6-1 to is a great number. It is going to be interesting to take a look at the Phillies all season long. Some nice plus money to be had 
while they were over there in Los Angeles. And always something that adds value is you joining us right here on Visa and Ryan. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Greg, always love chatting with you, man. Thank you. Ryan does a terrific job with our Philadelphia CityCast. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcast. Just all about being able to take a look at your favorite teams in your local area. Ryan does a great job holding it down for the city of Pennsylvania, for the city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. So big thanks to him. And coming up next, we're going to take a little bit of a look at the MLB betting board for Monday right here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.